0: Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast, featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows. We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode. But first, a few show comments
1: and episode notes from Uncle Eric. Welcome back, folks, to another exciting episode from the Uncle Eric Presents classic radio series. Today, we present a great episode from the Mr. Chameleon radio series. This series ran from 1948 to 1953. This thrilling episode is titled, The Titled Husband Murder Case. This episode first aired in 1950. Carl Swenson plays the role of chameleon. Because he was named chameleon, he tried to live up to that name by taking on the color of any situation. He eventually joined the police force and by using his powers of disguise, assumed a different identity and went undercover to solve all of his cases. So enjoy these thrilling episodes. Also, please take a moment to visit UncleEric.com to see and listen to all the radio program categories and episodes currently available. There are also hundreds of exciting detective and mystery television shows from back in the day to watch as well. They're a real hoot to watch. If you like this episode, please consider buying Uncle Eric a cup of coffee if you'd like, at the support link below. Thanks a million. Now, enjoy this thrilling episode of Mr. Chameleon called, The Titled Husband Murder Case.
2: We again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Police Headquarters in his famous cases of crime and murder. Mr. Chameleon, as you know, is the famous and dreaded detective who frequently uses a disguise to track down a killer, a disguise which at all times is recognized by the audience. Tonight we give you Mr. Chameleon in The Titled Husband Murder Case. The story opens in the fabulous McGinnis Mansion in New York, where one of the season's most fashionable weddings has just taken place. And we find the bride alone with her mother as she changes from her wedding gown to her going-away clothes. And we hear her say...
3: Oh, come now, Mother, admit it, you think it's utterly thrilling to have a real princess for a daughter. Look at me, darling. The Princess Minerva of Romany. Oh, if Dad had only lived to
4: see this day. Well, if he had, he'd have kicked that feller down the back step. Mother! My own daughter Minnie, marrying a guy that nobody can half understand when he talks. Because he can't even talk English good enough. Mother, this is my wedding day. Don't make it unhappy. Well, I'm only telling you what I think.
3: You'll learn to love Ludovic and appreciate him the way I do, Mother. In a pig's eye. Why, you should hear what he says about you. What's he say about me? Oh, Ludovic's simply
4: crazy about you. He'd do anything in the world for you, mother Well, then tell him to wash the oil out of his hair And stop soaking himself with perfume You can't cover a skunk, Minnie Don't call me Minnie, my name is Minerva And don't talk that way about Ludovic He's my husband now
5: Pardon, but impatience overcomes me I cannot wait outside
3: Oh, Ludovic, you're so impetuous But I could not wait (laughs) Silly boy You'll have me all your life You like this dress?
5: Oh, my princess, every second you grow more beautiful, more charming, more delectable. The princess Minerva of Romani, the most fascinating woman in all Europe.
4: Plain Minnie McGuinness here in the United States.
5: Oh, madame, my princess need not fear the embarrassment of her humble ancestry being remembered. Its memory will fade away as quietly as twilight ends the day.
4: Isn't he wonderful, mother? Hmm. Many and me was talking about you when you busted in here, Prince Ludovic.
5: Then I know why my ears, they burn.
4: <laughs> I hadn't reached the spot where I was going to tell her that if you ever harmed her... ...harmed one hair of her head, I'd kill you quick as a rat in a cellar. Mother! You married her because her old man left her five million round American dollars.
5: My Minerva, what you call a great heiress... But ...believe me, it is completely a surprise... I, I believed that I, the Prince of Romany, was making the marriage with a poor and humble girl.
4: Where'd you think the money to run this 20-room house come from? Think the fairies were bringing it?
5: <laughs> your mother, Princess, she will have her little joke delicious.
4: Getting a bullet poked <laughs> into you wouldn't be something to laugh about. Don't ever forget what I told you. Come in. Oh... It's you, Gladys. What's cooking? Begging your pardon, madam. Forget the madam stuff, Gladys. What's on your chest?
6: Oh, begging your pardon, madam. His highness, the Earl of Penton, presents his compliments and wishes a word with his royal highness, the Prince of Romney, in the library. He's worried, your royal highness, about his boat back to England. It's clear in the docks in half an hour.
5: You will tell the Earl that I shall see him presently. <sighs>
6: Very good, your royal highness.
4: This kind of monkey shines in my house. Run along and see the Earl, Ludovic. After all, he was your best man at our wedding.
5: Your wish, my princess, is my command. These Englishmen, they are born with ice water running through their veins. Absent from their hearts is romance. They put the sailing of a ship before a, a husband's first moments alone with his bride. But I shall see him a few brief moments, my
3: princess. Isn't he a darling, Mother?
4: There's something up between them two men, Minnie something vicious, something sneaky. What do you mean, Mother? Come downstairs with me. Maybe we can hear what they're talking about. I think he married you to murder you and get your money. You've lost your mind. Come with me, Minnie, come. Come. <laughs>
5: What do you want, Penton? Don't be naive, old boy. You're not taking a ship anywhere? Quite
7: so, Ludovic, quite so. Forgive me, won't you, for not wanting to cool my heels down here forever. What do you want? The initial payment on our bargain, old boy. All in due time, my dear Penton. The due time is now. But my... The bargain and a strange bargain it in was. In one month, Penton, one month. The bargain was that if either one of us married that bit of fluff upstairs the lucky bloke would pay the other $250,000 for stepping aside.
5: <laughs> and she took me because I was a prince and you, my dear Penton, a mere heir.
7: 20000 was to be the first payment, the remainder to follow later. $5,000 a month, wasn't it?
5: Well, old boy... How can I pay you $20,000 now, Penton? I've been
7: married to her only one hour. She's so entranced with the idea of being a princess, Ludovic, she'll give you the money. Toddle up and get it. I don't mind waiting. A few minutes. Her
5: swine of a mother. She's already suspicious of me. Jolly good reason, too, Ludovic. The old trout and I see eye to eye on that one. I will not endanger five millions by making a false step now. Besides, I ask you, Penton. Have you a single piece of writing to reveal our arrangement? Show me our agreement in writing. I'd hate like the devil to kill you. What?
7: As best man at your wedding, I'd feel called on to send you a wreath.
5: (laughs) But after all... Killing, killing. Everybody talks of killing. The old woman, she's already made a threat if I harm her daughter. (laughs) Oh, that's fruity. You think she means it? Murder. It blazed from her eyes, Benton.
7: That presents a highly practical idea, Ludovic. Idea? Yes, quite. If you tried a double cross on me, I could kill you and put it on the old woman. When it came out that you had a few other wives... Her motivation would be perfect.
5: And if I told what I know about you, You Penton... You
7: couldn't, my friend. You'd be dead. Now go up and whisper 20,000 in your bride's ear and be quick about it. (laughs)
4: Did you hear that, Minnie? What did I tell you? I'll have him arrested. I'll expose him, Mother. I'll get rid of him. I'll show him something. There's only one way to get rid of a man like that. I could kill him. I didn't love him. I only wanted to be a princess. Maybe that Britisher sure ain't so smart as he thinks. Did you see he could plan a murder on Bridget McGinnis and get away with it, does he? Come on. Where, Mother? Back upstairs. And when that prince of yours comes up, don't let on we heard anything.
2: Half an hour later, as the astute and dreaded detective, Mr. Chameleon, is riding up Fifth Avenue with Detective Dave Arnold, we hear... I'm
7: calling Mr. Chameleon. Commissioner of Police calling Mr. Chameleon.
8: Oh, I'll take it, Dave. Hello, Commissioner. Chameleon speaking. Oh, hello, Chameleon.
7: Now, proceed at once to the McGinnis Mansion. I've got just your kind of murder waiting there.
8: Uh, who killed whom, Commissioner? Well,
7: how should I know, Chameleon? All the information I have is that the Prince of Romany who married the McGinnis girl today was murdered. Report came from the bride's mother.
8: Old Bridget McGinnis, eh? Okay, I'll get over there. Bye. Step on it, Dave. Mrs. McGinnis, I'm told that you reported a murder here. I'm Chameleon of Central Police Headquarters, and this is Detective Dave Arnold. How do you do, ma'am?
4: I know funny ain't the right word for it, Mr. Chameleon, but I never got the education my daughter Minnie got. Anyhow, this is the kind of murder that just don't happen.
8: I understand the chap that your daughter married today in the season's most fashionable wedding was murdered.
4: Yes, the Prince of Romany. And poor Minnie's heart's just about breaking.
8: Well, naturally, Mrs. McGinnis.
4: She was wild about him. And him, a prince of the blood, too. Minnie always had her heart set on marrying into royalty.
8: Uh, she inherited a fabulous fortune from her father, didn't she? At least that's what I heard.
4: Five million bucks, Mr. Chameleon. My poor dead husband, Mike. Rest his soul. Hid oil. Dig in a cistern. And pulled out ten million that he split between Minnie and me.
8: Have you any idea who killed the prince?
4: Sure, his best man did him in. What? The Earl of Penton. Sounds like one of them dime novels I used to read when I was a kid. Earl killing princes and things.
8: You say the prince's best man at his wedding killed him? It's amazing.
4: Yes. Ain't it, Mr. Chameleon?
8: Did you actually witness the murder? Sure.
4: I wouldn't be telling you what I am.
8: All right. Uh, let me hear what happened, Mrs. McGinnis.
4: It was like this. Mm-hmm. My daughter and the prince was just starting off on their honeymoon and sudden like that earl penton come running in yes the earl said something about the prince owing him 250000 dollars the prince got real hot and said he was only 20000
8: uh, both big sums of money
4: then they really got to brawling so to settle things down my daughter minnie stepped in and gave the earl her check for 20000 uh, the prince didn't have a bank account big enough in this country you see
8: oh i didn't
4: think he would uh, go on, please. The earl takes the check mm-hmm. and then pulls out a jackknife and sticks it nice as you please into the poor prince's heart.
8: A jackknife? It's a strange thing for an earl to be carrying.
4: It was the gift the prince gave him in honor of being his best man. He called it a hunting knife. It looked like something from a bargain basement to me. Hey there, Minnie,
3: you have been listening? Not Minnie, Mother dear, but Minerva. Mother insists on calling me Minnie, Mr. Chameleon, but my baptismal name is Minerva.
8: Well, Minerva, uh, have you anything to add to your mother's evidence?
3: Oh, not a word, Mr. Chameleon. Mother didn't forget a single thing. She has a perfectly marvelous memory.
8: Uh, Detective Arnold. Yes, Mr. Chameleon. Send out a general alarm for this uh, Earl of Penton.
4: Save yourself the trouble, Mr. Chameleon. What? Uh, my maid, Gladys's husband, is a chauffeur here. And, and he's got Earl Penton
3: cornered in the library at the point of a gun, waiting for you to arrest him, Mr. Chameleon. I uh, think I'll talk
8: to him first. Come along, Dave. And uh, take off your hat. You're about to meet the nobility. Thank you for your information, ladies. See you later. For a newly bereaved bride, there's a strange lack of tears, Dave. Yeah, and if you're asking me, Mr. Chameleon, both those dames are plenty on top of the ball. Pinch them and you've got the killers. Well, here's the library, Dave. (laughs) We'll speak to the Earl of Penton first. wonder why the he calls himself the Earl of Penton. What? After we've finished with him, we'll have a look at the international who's who. Find out if an Earl of Penton or a Prince of Romany ever existed. All right, open the door, Dave. The Earl of Penton? I'm comedian of the police. Oh, splendid. Toss
7: this fellow out of the room. And looking at the business end of a pistol makes me nervy.
8: Oh, certainly, Glantown. Let me have the gun, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the chauffeur here? Yes, sir. Bill Spiller. And I'm telling you, I got this job chucked down my throat by Mrs. McGinnis... I got no stomach for it. I see. All right, you may go now, Spiller. When you uh, got a minute, Mr. Chameleon, my wife, my wife Gladys the maid, would like a word with you. I'll be finished with the Earl Penton very quickly, Spiller. I'll see Gladys then. I'll have a waiting, Mr. Chameleon. Oh,
7: decent of you, old man. Thank you very much. But I say, have you any idea why those women should have me detained here at Pistol's Point? It's uncivilized.
8: Both Mrs. McGuinness and her daughter Minerva, the newly married and widowed Princess Romany, say that they saw you murder the prince. Look here, Chameleon, they
7: killed Romany. That old trout
8: and her daughter would kill a man and sing hymns at his funeral. They both say that you killed him with a hunting knife that the prince gave you. That winds up your case, Mr. Chameleon. Oh, really? Quite, quite. Uh, The bride came down here and said the prince wished to put
7: a memory card in the holster of the knife and took it upstairs with her. Stupid thing to do.
8: Puts the evidence straight on her. They also say that you came upstairs, had a quarrel about $250,000, you claimed the Prince you. What? And that the Prince said it was only 20000 and that his wife gave you a check for that amount, and that you blew up and killed him. Oh,
7: Whatily stupid, Mr. Chameleon. I, I never left the room. I was waiting to tell the Prince goodbye.
8: Would you prefer having Detective Arnold search you for that check or have me do it? He stashed it under that big lamp on the table, Mr. Chameleon. I saw the end of it sticking out. Here it is right here. Well, well, my lord, the Earl
7: of Penton. It's what you call a plant, Chameleon. One of those women planted it on me. I've never seen that check before.
8: All you need do to keep out of the criminal courts, Penton, is prove that. You stay with this uh, bird, please, Dave while I talk to that maid, Gladys.
2: Mr. Chameleon and the Titled Husband Murder Case continues in just a moment.
1: We'll be back after a quick break. Bloody FM presents...
2: And now back to Mr. Chameleon and the titled husband murder case. In the fabulous McGinnis Mansion in New York, a shocking murder has occurred. Only a few hours after the marriage of Mrs. Bridget McGinnis's daughter Minerva to the Prince of Romany, the prince was found stabbed to death. Mrs. McGinnis has accused a man who calls himself the Earl of Penton and reveals that he had tried to extort money from the prince. And now in the McGinnis Mansion, we have just heard Mr. Chameleon say to the Earl of Penton,
8: All you need do to keep out of the criminal courts, Penton, is prove that. Dave, you stay with this bird, please, while I talk to that maid, Gladys. Look here, Chameleon. Are you about to take
7: the evidence of a maid over a peer of the realm? You
8: say that you're
7: the Earl of Penton? The title goes back some hundred years, chameleon.
8: And uh Pentonville Jail is one of the oldest jails in England. What's it? Yes, it's the place where so many famous British murderers have been hung, isn't it? Oh. I'll see Gladys now, Dave. You keep your eye
6: on Penton, please. I'm Gladys, sir.
8: You have something to tell me, Gladys?
6: Yes, sir. His highness, the Earl of Penton, didn't murder his royal highness, the Prince of Romney, sir.
8: Well, then who did?
6: Why, Mrs. McGuinness or her daughter, the Princess Minerva, sir. I heard all the causes leading up to the brutal crime, sir. What causes, Gladys? Well, the prince and the Earl were having an argument, as gentlemen sometimes will, sir. They were quarrelling? Just a pleasant difference, sir, about a matter of money. The two gentlemen was talking about a strange bargain they had made.
8: Uh Uh-huh. What was the strange bargain?
6: Oh, a very proper one, sir. Both gentlemen had agreed that if one married Miss Minerva, he would pay the other gentleman $250,000 for stepping aside.
8: So that is your idea of a gentlemanly agreement, eh? Well, to me, it sounds like clear murder evidence.
6: Oh, but don't you see, sir? Both the gentlemen knew all Miss Minerva wanted was a title. A oh, fair arrangement, to my way of thinking, sir.
8: I'm afraid in trying to help the gentlemanly Earl of Penton... ...you're helping him to the electric chair. Oh, thank you anyway, Gladys. Goodbye for now. Half
6: a minute, sir. Both Mrs. McGuinness and her daughter... ...was listening to the gentleman talking. And so was I.
8: Oh, come now. All three of you at the keyhole.
6: There's two doors to the room, Mr. Chameleon. They don't know I heard. But I heard Mrs. McGuinness tell Miss Minerva... The only way to get rid of a man like that was by killing him. What? Then both of them sneaked away, sir, with Mrs. McGinnis saying she could murder the prince and put the murder on the Earl of Penton. I'd go into the witness box and swear to that, sir.
8: I may call on you to do just that, Gladys. Mrs. McGinnis, before I leave, Haven't
4: you arrested that Earl of Penton for the murder yet, Mr. Chameleon?
8: Uh, Detective Arnold is holding him downstairs. I uh, stepped in to ask you something first.
4: What, Mr. Chameleon?
8: Was your daughter's marriage to the Prince of Romany a love match or a marriage to get a title... so that she could be called Princess?
4: Oh, Minerva wanted a title all right, but the marriage was love on both sides, Mr. Chameleon. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, what was your feeling about it? I wanted Minerva to have what she wanted, Mr. Chameleon. And take it from me, the prince was one swell guy. He wasn't a money hunter like some of them ferners.
8: Thank you, Mrs. McGuinness. Goodbye. What a liar you are.
2: Now, a few hours later, we hear Mr. Chameleon speaking to Detective Dave Arnold in police headquarters and saying...
8: Well, after we couldn't find an Earl of Penton or a Prince Ludovic of Romany in the international who's who, I asked to get in touch with the English and Continental Police. Uh, yes, sir, I've got the reports from them right here, Mr. Chameleon. I sure. just came down. Oh, well, What's the dope on them? Penton and Romany are phonies. They've been working together for years as confidence men in Europe. Until it got too hot for them... Then they came here. Uh Uh-huh. But the big break is that the guy calling himself Penton is known as being pretty quick with a knife. Well, well. Uh, Speaking of knives, Dave, there were two knives involved in this murder. Two knives? Mm Mm-hmm. And get this, Dave. One of them was bought yesterday by Mrs. McGinnis. What? And not in a bargain basement, as she said, but from one of the most expensive places in town. Bought at the same shop that Romany bought his, and an exact duplicate. Hey, that pins are tight on the old dame, then. Looks that way, but uh, we'll soon find out. How? By my disguising myself as a clerk in the place that she bought it. Then we'll go out to the murder house. I'll identify her. And we'll see what happens...
2: And now, inside the palatial living room of the McGinnis Mansion, we see Mr. Chameleon in one of his clever disguises, this time as Peter Gates, a mild-mannered clerk at one of New York's most expensive cutlery shops. And we hear him speak in
8: the voice of his disguise, saying, Uh, Detective Arnold, it's my understanding that you wish me to identify the party who bought this knife from me yesterday. Well, that's easy. Don't look at me, whoever you are. Uh, Gates, sir. Peter Gates.
7: If you say I bought that knife from you, you're lying.
8: Oh, so you're the Earl of Penton. Yes, I thought so. Well, don't get up your blood pressure, my lord. I didn't say that you did. Uh, that lady over there bought the knife. I remember you perfectly, Mrs. McGuinness. Pleasure to serve you.
4: Say that again, you old fossil, and I'll conk you on the head! I never seen this guy, Detective Arnold. And I never been inside Smith and Jones, the dump where he worked.
8: Uh, Smith and Jones, eh? How do you know the knife came from Smith and Jones if you didn't buy it there? It's
3: Mr. Chameleon in disguise. Oh, dear heaven, Mother. I warned you. I warned you not to kill Prince Ludovic.
8: I say, Chameleon, I told you that old trout did the prince in. He wasn't a prince any more than you're the Earl of Penton. Your name is Sniffins. The prince's name was Martier and both of you are crooks. What's that? Both with long police records in Europe. And you, you phony, are quick with a knife. We've got your records. Save your breath.
3: Then Mother didn't kill the prince. Oh, forgive me, Mother. Please, Mother.
8: Turn off your tears, Minerva. (laughs) You killed your phony prince yourself.
3: I killed him. I killed him. Tell me why, Mr. Chameleon. I was mad about him, mad about him. You
8: killed him because you overheard the strange bargain that he made with this man here, this bogus Earl of Penton. You're the murderer, Minerva McGinnis.
3: I killed him when I heard the lowdown bargain he made. I married him because I. Because you
8: thought even with him dead, you'd go through life as the Princess of Romany. Only you won't. You're still Minerva McGinnis, any way you slice it.
4: It's a darn sight better name, Mr. Chameleon, than the Princess Romany.
8: I'm with you there, Mrs. McGinnis, to the limit.
4: My mother planned to murder Mr. Chameleon. She planned it all. She got me to execute it.
8: That's why I'm arresting her, too, Minerva, as your accomplice. You
4: can't arrest me, chameleon. Just try it.
8: You're a tough old baby, Bridget McGinnis, but you'll find out. Dave, handcuff them both. Take them in. It's a brutal shame that a time-honored name like old Mike McGinnis bore should be dragged in the dust by his wife and daughter. But murder is murder. Murder. <laughs>
2: And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case.